Time in the Saddle, this is a podcast series featuring myself, Ryan O'Connor, and Chris Williamson Jr. Chris, how's it? How's it, Ryan? Uh, thank you very much to everyone who uh, downloaded the first podcast. A couple of questions being asked, and we'll hopefully answer them for you today. Uh, but chatting all things cycling, whether it be road, mountain, and uh, like I keep saying, everything in between. Uh, one thing we forgot to mention in our very first podcast was the fact that um, uh, when is the right time of the week to cycle? Now, this is a question that's come up time and time again, uh, because Monday to Friday, it tends to be uh, well, you tend to come, have to compete with other road users going to and from work. Uh, also, the roads are much busier Monday to Friday. Uh, people tend to be focused on one thing that's getting to their destination and getting there as quick as possible. So, um, in, in that instance, uh, in, you know, cyclists seem to be almost, you know, given a back seat. The people are concentrating on other things when they're driving their cars and they almost uh, aren't as mindful of cyclists as, as they need to be. Having said that, though, if you are cycling uh, during the week, just a reminder um, to stay absolutely clear of, of traffic. Don't cycle in the middle of the road. Don't cycle to a breast because that's illegal. Stay wider of the rider. Or if you see me on the road, stay wider of the wider rider. That's right. <laughs> if it's a wider rider, you just stay clear. Um, and cyclists, yeah, don't cycle to a breast. It's illegal. Uh, motorists are always going to come off better. Uh, then you are. You're never going to uh, win against any kind of motorized vehicle. You're always going to come off second base. So um, just keep that in mind. And yeah, and motorists as well. Most most cyclists are motorists, which is a strange thing. Yeah, they are. Um, I think most of them are motorists, like you said. And um, those are aware of how it is being on a bike and being out on the road. So some of them has got the feeling of being careful and, and going that extra so a length away from the cyclist. Yeah. So yeah, it is. A, and a, the reason why I say it's a strange thing, it's because you'd swear um, that uh, all motorists had no idea about being on a bicycle, but it's not the case. Many motorists are an extra cyclist, and cyclists are motorists. So you'd think, from a motorist point of view, if you're on your bicycle, uh, you don't like it when you're in a motor car and there's a cyclist cycling two abreast. So uh, the basic rules of the road are a single file and to stay, especially on tar roads, as far left and out the way as possible. And motorists is to stay at least one and a half meters away from cyclists. Anyway, uh, I, I keep uh, keep saying that um, Monday to Friday the point being is uh, it's congested the roads so saturday is the perfect day of the week and sunday to get out and have a good cycle so those would be the uh, the perfect time also cycling with a mobile phone uh, you and i cycle with them if you're cycling by yourself in case of emergency you want to be able to pull out your phone and be able to call somebody uh, call for some help uh, call because you haven't take, taken some bombs bombs by the way are essential you should buy your friends that cycle bombs if you want to find uh, the perfect gift for a cyclist how about buying some bombs basically it's a little cylinder that allows you instead of doing the hard work of having to pump up tires and it's a quick blast of air uh, into the uh, into the tubes and uh, yeah much needed, like I said, for, for many cyclists out there. But mobile phones on the uh, on the uh, the route, obviously, it's essential. You don't want to be that oak that pulls a phone out and goes, "Hey, Brew, how's it? How are you?" Uh, goes all over the place. You don't want to be that oak. No, you definitely don't want to be that guy. Um, I think the it's basically your last resource for if you only have one tube with you and you puncture it twice, just uh, or you break a chain. You can't always carry everything with you, so it's always good to keep or to carry your phone with you just for that last minute emergency yeah and then visibility um we, we forgot to talk about that as well if you're going to get out in the mornings obviously it's winter at the moment so um uh the mornings are, are darker and the evenings it's uh, we lose light a lot of light very quickly in the evening so the point being that you need to be very visible you need to make sure you wear the most reflective gear even if you think that you look like a, like you know you look like a little bit of a screaming siren uh with lights on all over your 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 bike and you just you know you got to think of it from a motorist's point of view that you need to be 
visible to everybody, to motorists, and if possible, to even passing airplanes. That's how bright and loud you have to be. And some cyclists are. Uh, there are very few cyclists that uh, kind of uh, you know, go out there without any uh, kind of uh, in, uh, reflective gear, with any kind of lights. And it does, uh, unfortunately, once again, uh, give cyclists a bad name. Yeah, and then also, Ryan, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. I mean, yeah, you, well, the will if you don't adhere to the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, we, we laugh, but I mean, it's, it's a simple thing. Like, like, as you mentioned, it's not expensive. No, it's not. I mean, uh, these days you get a really small LED light, which is unbelievably bright, and they can cost you anything from 100 bucks upwards. Yeah, but, do uh, it. Yeah, you, do, you don't really it. want to lose a limb uh, because you were negligent and you didn't put any kind of reflective gear on or, or lighting, etc. Um, okay, so then uh, mobile phones, we've got that covered uh, like i said you don't want to answer them or take calls during your your your, your cycle they're, they're strictly for to be used um in case of emergencies also you don't want to be uh you know you don't want to be a, a victim you know you don't want to scream hey look at me i've got the 150,000 rand bike and 20,000 rand cell phone uh why don't you knock me over and take both um <laughs> we do we, keep it you know hidden keep your yeah. phone hidden and focus on what it is you're doing which is cycling uh, and then a couple of questions that we've got as well thank you very much to Vaynant who's asked a couple of questions uh we just asked a little bit about some some training programs that are out there uh Vaynant, thank you very much Vaynant for yun has asked the question on twitter by the way at rhino connor zda at chris williams jr uh those are twitter handles uh, if you've got questions you can you feel free to, to to ask them and we'll answer them every week now uh after last week's podcast ask uh, Vainan Fulian said, if I have to throw in a request or a question, I've been looking into coaching or online training programs. How does FitTrack, Training Peaks and CTS compare? Also CTS worth that whopper of a monthly price. Now they're all incredible programs with one uh, uh, kind of a thing to note is that FitTrack's a local program. So FitTrack.ca, it's really um, a cool program because it's done locally. Um, the kind of a stuff that they offer I think is, is brilliant. Um, anything from a beginner in terms of cyclists to somebody who's actually trying to get, um, I love this. We are, we're at, uh, Chris Willems, uh, cycles and there's the intercom system going off in the background, which is very cool. Um, this podcast coming to you from, from the home of cycling, which is, uh, Chris's shop. Um, but coming back to Fit Track, Fit Track, um, really is a great program. It's a local program and it's geared at anyone from a beginner to an advanced, uh, cyclist, um, trying to, uh, not only track their fitness, but also looking at a certain goal, whether it's to do a massive endurance event or complete any specific um, challenge that, 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 that they have and they personally would like to do. So FitTrack's phenomenal. We looked at the um, the American uh, um, CTS, CTS, which is uh, Carmichael. Brilliant. Yeah, also, um, I think, you know, it's, it's a brilliant one. The guys knows a lot. Um, again, I would lean more towards the FitTrack one because it's local. It's easier to pick up the phone, just phone them. Um, and the nice thing about FitTrack is, I mean, they train, uh, I don't know, most of the guys know the Billy Smith, that's also uh, one of our pros riding for the Katusha team in Europe. Um, and he's one of the ambassadors who they're actually training. So it's, it's always easier keeping the, the local guys and, you know, just a phone call away. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one that uh, was mentioned there was uh, Training Peaks. Also, you had a look at that online. Uh, also, a very similar thing. Uh, uh, the Training Peaks also offers various other platforms. Not to show FitTrack and um, and the other program mentioned does have online in terms of um, sorry mobile uh, mobile apps for them. Um, uh, training Peaks offers it on all kind of devices, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a mobile phone, whether it's whatever. Um, the apps easy to log and register via all those devices. Personally, I, I've never used any of them myself. Um, what I can tell you is that uh, most cyclists tend to open up a 
Strava account, uh, runners as well. And that's a nice way to track your friends, nice way to track your own progress. And uh, I think Strava for, for me is kind of a motivator. I like to um, um, log on to Strava, log my times on Strava and follow my friends' progress. And also it's a nice way to track how much to, uh, you know I've done weekly. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's my kind of a goal. I set my goals on Strava in terms of what well, the kind of mileage I want to do, uh, all the kind of times I want to do with them running as well, which I like to cross train. That's another, also another very important you've thing. Been, you've been breaking a lot of records on Strava. Yeah, it's because I've been on an e-bike, <laughs> <laughs> which I can tell you for, for, for those people interested, it's not a sin to have an e-bike. It is not a sin to have an e-bike. And it, it, it's an actual fact, you know, Chris brings up a valid point about, about other cyclists on the road. Okay. It, it's not maybe the perfect way to illustrate it, but your point to, to the, the, a beginner cyclist who spent 5,000 Rand on a bicycle, right? And somebody comes past on a 150,000 Rand bicycle. You could almost say on, on the cheaper bicycle to the guy that's on the more expensive bike that you, you know, you're cheating. Yeah. You're cheating. Your components are super lightweight. It's so much easier for you. Um, for sure it is. For sure on a 150,000 Rand bike, you're going to get some super lightweight components. Um, and of course, there's no doubt that you're going to have an advantage over anybody else on a very, very cheap bicycle. A, a huge advantage. Um, e-bikes, although it does have a motor, is pretty much a, a similar example. Um, in the term that, in the sense that, yes, it's aiding you to cycle. Yes, it's helping you out. Yes, it's a way for you to kind of a, um, you know, get from A to B a little bit quicker. The point being is you still got to cycle. You still actually got to move your legs. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's where a lot of people get it wrong. I mean, you still get a workout. There is a way of, of, not to say cheating, but I mean, you can put it on your turbo, your top mode, and you're not actually going to get a workout. But I mean, Ryan, you know, it's, the bike is 22 kilograms. If you put it on eco, you yeah. actually still have to pedal the bike. Yeah. So um, you're still going to get some training in for sure. So uh, to all the people that we meet on the trails who stay, and it's a common thing for mountain bikers to pass somebody on an e-bike. Uh, well, no, it's not. It's the other way around. The e-bike to pass them. And what they end up saying, oh, you're cheating. You actually cheating. And I'm thinking, well, no, cheating would be uh, if, it, if, if I was on a motorbike and I came past you on a motorbike, um, that would probably be cheating. Uh, I, I'm, the only person that I'm cheating is myself. I'm not in a race against you on your mountain bike. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for, and I'll tell you my reasons for doing this, is that Chris happens to be training for the uh, Absa Cape Epic. And in order to keep up with, with racing snakes, as they're called, you know, people that are really fit, they really are competitive on the trails, um, there's no ways I'm going to keep up with Chris um, uh, going out on a Saturday morning ride. Uh, in an hour and a half, Chris will cover maybe 40 kilometers, maybe almost 50 kilometers in that space of time. And there's no ways as a weekend warrior, I'm going to keep up with him on that ride. So for me, it's, um, it's really cool to get in an e-bike and be able to cycle with some oaks that are seriously training. And at the same time, to be their water carrier, to carry all the goods that they may need, uh, various other accessories. And, uh, and at the same time, I really feel like I'm getting a workout. But we'll co cover more about e-bikes um, in, in, in podcasts to come. 
uh, as well as gear and essential gear, etc. We're talking about uh, fitness training programs, and uh, all of them are cool. I think that, uh, Vayner, just to answer your question, I think they are good if your intention is to use them and be committed to the programs that they offer. I think that it's, uh, it's like anything. It's like uh, going to Weight Watchers. It will work if you stay committed to the program. Uh, likewise, for all these various training programs out there, they work if you use them as they're intended to be uh, used and if you're committed enough to follow them. So, Vayner, great question. There's some plenty, plenty, um, of great products in the marketplace and uh, I think either one of those three are um, are good our preference I think my uh, what I prefer is the local one fittrack.cz I think that's a great way to, to do your, your training yeah I think um, it's good to be in touch or get in touch with, with maybe all two or three of them and just uh, you'll immediately get the response or a feeling of, of uh, how quick they reply but I mean yeah um, like they say local is lacquer so mm. I would also say try and stay local, phone call away in case there's uh, something you need to know quick regarding the training program. And then thank you very much. Sean's also just sent uh, a message through saying uh, getting in touch regarding content for the podcast with, uh, with Chris. Uh, from Cool Heat SA, Shimano distributors, the other, but you know the guys from Cool Heat. Yeah, I do. Maybe it's, a, it's a, something we can look into and seeing yeah. that there's been some uh, hints uh, with Shimano launching their new 12-speed group sets as well. So, um, and that's happening on... Uh, yeah, next uh, end of next week, 28th. Yeah. So there's been a shift with Shimano. Yeah. A shift up. A shift up. Um, <laughs> apparently, they've got a, a slightly different gear ratio. What I heard is they're going, where we're currently riding 1050, they're yeah. going up to 1051. So Ooh. so there's something new coming. So That was all technical ter- uh, terms right there. So that's great. I'm glad Chris threw that in because we're going to get into gear ratios and how they all work uh, during the course of the next couple of weeks too uh, in terms of that. Uh, okay, just quickly, um, let's just talk quickly about uh, the, the, this coming weekend in terms of events happening. Uh, weather-wise uh, for the next couple of days, well, listen, uh, the Western Cape this week has cold fronts coming in and out. There is heavy rain expected for next week. It does make the trails uh, wet and uh, conditions obviously on the road not ideal. The tar road, uh, once water falls, it's not the best place to be on your bicycle. Please be careful. The other big thing I need to tell you is that uh, if you are training in wet weather, um, you have no idea, if you've never done it before, how slippery uh, the road markings are once they're wet. Please uh, rather train indoors. Get yourself an indoor trainer. Go to the gym, sit in a static bike, and do, uh, put the time in. Put the time in. You're still getting a workout if you're on a stationary bike when the rain does fall. Um, mountain biking, uh, it, well, every condition, road bikes, uh, mountain bikes, they, 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 they kind of, uh, you know, you've got to get used to different conditions. Mountain biking is actually a whole lot of fun in, in wet weather, I've got to say. I really enjoy enjoy it but it's totally different from saying I like road uh, racing when it rains because you don't no one likes to be on a road on a bicycle on a road bike when it rains but mountain bikers don't care because that's what the mountain bikes made for to get out there and enjoy so just be, be, be safe what you will what you will find on, uh, on on wetter conditions on mountain bikes is your sometimes your your, your front end of the bikes tends to dig in and stick in and I've had I've had many an, an occasion where I've uh, gone over the handlebars uh, due to my front wheel just digging into a bit of uh, a bit of mud and uh, seeing my so um, just be careful out there in the wet weather and then yeah Joburg for the for this this weekend um, uh, also fair conditions doesn't look like much rain partly cloudy conditions but what are the events happening um, on the 23rd of this month there's the Trans which is actually a really exciting race it's a five day mountain bike stage race where you can either use your mountain bike or the gravel bikes which is something we will also be speaking um, then in the Eastern Cape, they've got the PwC Great Zerberg Trek. The oh, it's a Great Zerberg Trek! <laughs> Jawohl! 
the Star Blazer series. We've got to do some of these as well, Chris. You I and I have got to should. get out there and uh, we're going to have some T-shirts made with uh, Time in the Saddle um, and so that uh, all of your regular listeners can, uh, can join us at, at these various events as well as we go and uh, uh, represent um, this, this podcast by, by cycling some of these amazing events. What else? Uh, then on the 25th, it's a Star Blazer series that's actually cancelled in Gauteng. And then on the 25th, also bike, beers and coffee oh. in the Eastern Free State, uh, which also sounds like a lacquer one. And then the last two is uh, the ones in the Northwest, the Waterberg Lindani Mountain Bike Challenge. And then the local one, the Darling Brew Extreme, <gasps> which I can only believe can be is amazing because one. it's yeah. got Darling Brew. Exactly. And you know that us mountain bikers love our craft beer. And that's us, it. I mean, you and me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but I presume that they like their craft beer. The best recovery drink. It is. I, I use it as my best midway drink. Uh, and I use that to carbo-load some nice Darling beer. Darling beer this weekend, that Darling race. Um, yeah, good luck to everyone that's doing that. Uh, the, weather, the weekend weather is going to be partly cloudy with a chance of rain. So just enjoy that in that, those wet conditions. Uh, and then uh, what's happening internationally? We've still got uh, Giro d'Italia. I saw Chris Froome on the TV screen uh, uh, quite, a bit of time, quite a few times this week. Uh, Chris Froome looking like he's, uh, he's enjoying it. He's time in the saddle. Yeah, no, uh, the Giro, I think, is an exciting race, especially now while they're heading towards the big mountains. Um, Adam Yates, the youngster, is giving the guys a hiding on that side. Um, day before yesterday, Froome actually won the stage, but then the day after, he lost uh, some time again. So, yeah, that race is still open, heading towards the big mountains. going to be some couch time. Is your uh, brother-in-law cycling that? No, he is not. He's actually uh, racing in Norway, okay. um, starting tomorrow. Um, and, uh, yeah. and by the way, that is uh, Johan van Sale. Yes, riding for Team Die Data. Nice. And they're nice to have it properly, properly in the jeans, in the Willems household. Um, or in the lycra, not the jeans, because you guys don't wear jeans much. Jean pant. Um, okay, guys and girls, thank you very much. Uh, that's this week's podcast in the bag. And like I said, questions, please do to us on social media at Rhino Conazede, at Chris Willemser, JR. And uh, from next week and from the next podcast, we're going to start looking at items, specific items to talk about in terms of reviewing them and uh, uh, nutrition, etc., etc. All of that coming up in the next couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.